Hello, hello. This is Artist with M. I'm your host, M. Persico. Today, our guest is Andrew Bersiaga. Say hi. That is Hi. Yay. <laughs> hi. So how's it going? Doing well. Doing well. Been staying busy. That's for sure. <laughs> Great. So the first question I, I ask is, what kind of artist are you? Are you an actor, filmmaker, producer, etc.? Do all these apply or do some not apply or do more apply? I would say they definitely all apply at a certain degree, for sure. Um, I'm all kind of in a one-man band to kind of do it all, especially with my own projects or, mm. you know, especially other people, other friends. So like a jack-of-all-trades? Pretty much. Cool. Yes. Same. Mm -hmm. I used to get picked on for like not specializing in anything, but when you want to make your own stuff, it's kind of helpful. Exactly. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And I've got advice too. It's just I was like, you know, it's, it's cool because if you're kind of learning a little bit of everything, you're more versatile, you know? Definitely. So you're an actor. Do you like to produce your own stuff so that you create roles for yourself? Yes. Um, and I guess like experimental films too. I was actually, when I used to live in Montana, a friend of mine, he also was into films and wanting to make them, but he never had the equipment for that, like the camera gear for that. So I would always help out with him and, and doing that. Cause mm -hmm. I hear my, myself. So, uh, so you have equipment? Yes, that is correct. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Do you have like cinema equipment or audio equipment or just a, a bit of everything just to make it work? So I actually just, I believe a week ago, a week and a half ago, I just bought a new camera. And oh, that's exciting. That too. So that's a little bit more professional than what I used to be using back then. Mm. Um, just got the, it's called the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, the 4K. I've heard of that one of a movie quality camera. That's so, exciting. Definitely should help with the productions in the future. Yeah. So I see on your um, Instagram stories that you always post when jobs are needing PAs or or extras or whatever. Mm -hmm. So usually I only post that if somebody were to offer me the job position first. Uh, and because I'm actually working all month of May, or I'll, I'll just post on my Instagram story like, hey, there's a production that needs some people. Here's the dates. And if you want more info, just message me and things like that. And I really try to also, if people, if I know people are interested in getting into the industry and want to get their foot in the door, um, but like have no experience or very little experience, I do my best to kind of give them a little layout of how everything works. Because uh, it is a very different, like, language, I guess, to know and very yes. different environment to be in, for sure. Definitely. I completely agree. Like, even just, like, clothespins, C-47s. <laughs> C-47, yeah. yes. There's uh, Jennies, which is for generators. Stingers are basically electrical cords or extension cords. Um, what's another one? Oh, an 86. And you can say, like, the 86 is just basically meaning never mind. Like, oh, like, like 86 yeah. it, forget about it. Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah. Or like 
someone tells you they're going to go 10-1, so they're going to go use the restroom, but they'll be back quickly, or 10-2, so not as quick. 10-3, they have a real problem, and don't expect them back anytime soon. Exactly. Usually, if you kind of don't know everybody, you're just going to stick with 10-1. Yeah. You don't want to go into detail unless you're the director, and you have to be like, okay, I'm having a problem. And that's the funny thing, was whenever I first started out, when I finally started to work officially and I had no clue like no one was teaching me all the time I mean I had a film mentor his name is Colin Ducey and slowly from him I started to learn everything but it was always just on jobs where I started to gain more and more knowledge um and usually on sets they would give you get like give everybody radios and yeah that's where the whole different language comes in and yes not professional be like hey sorry but i gotta go pee you're back you do not want to tell the whole crew that no and then sometimes you switch over oh can you switch to uh channel one channel two so if you want private conversations with just certain people exactly exactly and go to channel two and then you see switching exactly so yes exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and some people don't even think about like the little things like that and that's why you need mentors or just to be on set to learn it because you don't just you don't learn that stuff in film school you learn on student films but you don't learn in class spoken to so many people who have been working in this industry for decades they say the same thing they said the best university to go to is just working on set benefit of that is not only are you learning but you're getting paid to learn basically Which working on nice. set it yeah. is it very, very much so is yeah but they definitely teach you you know things that you should know you know it's kind of like a little uh uh stepping stone i guess in a way yeah but i found in film matter. school that i mostly networked networking was my biggest skill i learned in in film school and I guess writing a good paper. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need, a, you need good writing skills to request grants or write a script. But really, yeah. script writing is just about doing it and doing it again and reading scripts. That's exactly true. Do you have you. any uh, experience writing scripts or mostly reading them for because you're an actor? Uh, writing and reading. Um, Definitely a lot recently, just more reading. Um, God, it's been so long since I was, the last time I actually wrote was back in December. Mm. But um, there's another friend of mine, his name is Oscar Castro. And I met, I actually met him in film class at Evergreen Valley College. And I mentioned to him, I was like, hey man, what's that? Like, I do want to make a film, a little horror film called Black Sight. It's just about the dark web. And he just straight up was like, hey man, I'll make the script. I'll write it out. And, we can go from there. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So he wrote the script and I just been reading it. And then same with other projects, if I'm auditioning for anything or, you know, seeing if these actors are just general help. So. Yeah. So do you live in San Jose? I do, yes. Does, does your family live there? Uh, I, more of, more relatives, my, my immediate family, my, my parents and sister, they live in Colorado. Oh, wow yeah dang so 
on IMBD, it says that you are from Wyoming, but you were raised in Lompoc. Is that true? Yes, I was uh, born in Wyoming. That's what originally where I'm from, um, because my entire life I grew up in a military family. So, oh, born in Wyoming, but exactly a week later went straight to California and was raised here for 13 years. So, oh dang, yeah, both parents Air Force. Wow, how'd you get to San Jose then? Uh, a lot of my mom's side of the family lives here. My oh, okay. Aunts, my uncles, and like lots of my mom's side of the family's here. Oh, wow. So that's, yeah, they're, they're around for sure. Nice. Is that how yeah. you got to San Jose? Yes. So I was actually raised by my grandparents for the first three years of life uh, because both my parents were just starting out in the Air Force. So they were extremely busy working, but uh, lucky enough, they actually were stationed to come down to a base called Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is next to Lompoc. So that's only three hours south from San Jose. So my parents took me back in 2003 and uh, was raised on the military base for 10 years ever since that. Wow. That's definitely a lot of moving around for sure. Yeah, was it hard to make friends like that? At first, it definitely was a challenge because uh, normally in the military, you would move like three to four years at a time. Um, but we were lucky enough to stay for 10 years. So I definitely knew a lot of people who came and went in my life. But when I first moved to Colorado in 2013, it was definitely hard to adapt because it was a very different environment, very different people. So that was a little bit of a challenge, but after it became more and more, uh, you know, consistent, it just became a, a good trait to be adaptable. So. That's true, especially as an actor, learning to change in different environments and put on a different face for different types of people around. Yes, for sure. It is a very different world from San Jose and say like Great Falls, Montana, which is also known to that. Mm. So how did you get into your art, acting, film? Uh, so I'll try to make this story a little bit smaller. You don't need to. We have an hour. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was 12 years old, and this is why I was still in California, and I have a younger sister, and she was eight years old at the time. And um, it was around Halloween time, and she had this vampire costume that she she loved this vampire costume and she wanted to make a little scary video and I remember I had like a little flip HD camera and uh, she wanted to use it for her video and so she came into my room asked for it I was like yeah here go ahead and then uh, like 20 minutes later she kind of came back she's like hey I need your help can you want to be in the video you want to help me make it and of course I was like no I don't want to like you know but my parents forced me to. They were like, no, you're going you're gonna to help. It's like, okay, fine. fine. So help my sister make the video. I was in this video. I was like a, like a vampire hunter person or whatever. And uh, after filming it, my dad told me, I was like, oh, if you want to, there's a little video editor on the computer if you want to make this video thing. I was like, okay, cool. 
So I started messing around with that with the video and, you know, learned how to use it, saw the final product of it. And this is actually kind of cool. This is fun. And that's how it, uh, that's how it started. And eventually it came to the point where I was asking my sister, I was like, Hey, let's make another video. She got tired of it. She's like, I just kind of stuck with it ever since. So. Wow. Did you do it in high school? Yes, I did. That's Were you uh, in the plays. I was, I was in theater all four years of high school. And uh, it was, I would say my first official play was called, it was the 11th. And that's a, it's a, a play about 9-11. So oh no, of, Jesus. Kind of a little depressing. Um, I was the only character that died in the uh, the play. I played two characters. I played a, I played somebody on a plane who was Mexican. Oh my! Mistaking him to be like Muslim or whatever, and then oh no. I, then I played as a like a a private in the military, and I had mm. a huge monologue at the very end of the play about how I went to war to serve my country because of 9-11, but uh, there was a little hint where I actually wearing the uniform, this was supposed to reveal to the audience that I died at war by pulling out like a red uh, little flag thing or whatever, so. Like a scarf. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. That was my first oh, wow. time. Or did you ever get nerves when you had such a long monologue? Actually, yes, I do remember. It was because uh, I was a freshman when I first did the monologue, and um, of course, it was at the very end of the play, so people would probably more remember that than the, you know the middle. So definitely was nervous for it. Uh, but then, of course, my friends, my close friends that I made films with, were there, and they made it worse because yes, they tried to make me laugh. Oh, uh, that's so mean. Uh, yeah, you know, but of course. That's not cool. <laughs> High schoolers. But, uh, yeah, no, but it was a good time. Definitely learned a lot. Yeah. I remember, like, the first play I was in was in middle school, and I had a pretty big role because it was, like, a spinoff of Cinderella where there's, like, these two different Cinderella people. One's like a, per, like a female person and one's like a guy. And um, the, guy, the guy, I guess, did baseball or something. And so I was the evil stepmother. <laughs> yeah, and I was the only one who was wearing a wig. And I, and I thought like, oh man, I'm the only one who has to wear this scratchy, itchy, like Krillitzville <laughs> wig. And now I'm like, well, that's awesome. That helps you get into the role. Yeah. <laughs> you, into it, you know changing yourself <laughs> yeah i actually uh, was not recognizable in that role because once oh, i wow, got really? out of it yeah once i got out of the makeup and the wig and the outfit i went to like uh frozen yogurt and the people in line were like oh yeah what did you do i'm like i was the you know e evil stepmother and they're like no what <laughs> yeah you like that. <laughs> that's right guys uh yeah that was me it's fun know. to be an outlandish crazy character do you ever get to do those um 
-hmm. You don't look like you would be typecasted in the weird, crazy roles because you kind of look like the typical Prince Charming person. Which is funny because I played a prince. Yeah, I did play. Yeah, so yep. of course. But no, I actually had, I did have a chance to play as like a, you know, crazy out of the comfort zone role. But um, I didn't get that part because it just didn't fit. Do a good job at it. Because <laughs> yeah. exactly understand that first. And this, of course, was a long time ago when I first was, first was doing plays and stuff. But um, no. I would, so there was a, what's the play called? There was a play called Freak. And this is all because it's about a little guy. Can you repeat who, that? It's a, a play called Freak? Yes. I believe it's Freak. Uh, also depressing topic a little bit. It's about a high schooler who was contemplating suicide. Wow. Um, but in, so the concept of it was she like jumped out of this window from the school and she wakes up but in like a circus type setting of freaks is what you want to call like uh circus performers basically yes we had like lady thing and like a i think a character called like beast boy or bat boy or something mm. um sort like of the bearded lady Exactly. So, um, I think was it you know the typical like strongman thing yes. or whatever. Like that was me. I played that part. Play. So that was the role you had, the strongman. Strongman. Oh, much. how'd it go? Really funny because we used a wooden wooden stick with black balloons at the end to make it look like there were weights. Yeah. But it wasn't tied down well enough when I was using them because every time I was supposed to do the lifts, they would, it would flap. <laughs> oh, they would float. Oh, like, I gotta do that. I gotta do it so slow. So it looks, you know, real or whatever, but. Oh man. Did they put a, like a muscle suit on you or did you work out back then too? Uh, no muscle suit. They, I, I think they were just like, just, just wear a tank top or whatever, you know, like, just, wear, just like, flex like, hard. <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. Don't pass out, though. But yeah, breathe. breathe. Don't lock your knees. It's just imagine sophomore high school me trying to, uh, yeah. going to you know. <laughs> it's hard to, to be, like, the super strong man at a sophomore age. I remember my brother, He he's pretty buff when he wants to be. And even in, in high school, he was not that buff as a sophomore. Throws a little bit there. Sorry, what, yeah. what did you say? My brother, he's a buff guy when he wants to be. And even as a sophomore in high school, he was not very buff. Yeah. Yeah. Until you, I get, until you get to like a certain age is when. Yeah. You, know, you can put on the muscle, the weight. Yeah. I used to, I used to be like be really uh, smaller, like scrawnier. Then. Like back in freshman, sophomore year, it was, I, I was kind of like, like a stick, twiggy. Yeah. You know, but like I Timothy junior... Chalamet. Yeah, basically. Kind of... <laughs> Your voice was... kind of reminds me of him. Really? Mm hmm. But maybe that's because I don't talk to many heteronormative people. Heteronormative. Right. Well, like straight people. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> wait, so 
Quinn, though, you you you're friends with Quinn. Yes, and- she's actually been on my podcast. Yeah. So um, I don't know if she talked about it because she is like madly in love with Timothy Chalamet. That I think we probably oh, talked yeah. about it. Yeah, I love him too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, his acting, like him as a person, he's kind of nerdy during his interviews, like awkward and nerdy. But when he's acting, it's like, ooh, Timothy Chalamet. He totally changes. I uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Beautiful Boy. Yes. That the depressing was, one. It was depressing, but uh, very. What should I say? Very heartwarming at the same time, in a way, just yeah. because of stuff. But his acting in that was insanely good. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've kind of like looked behind the scenes for it, but uh, they had like a an expert who's who like a with drugs and would supervise Timothy if he was you know acting correctly as if a drug user mm. was using. Um, I like that. Very very committed. Sure. It's just like having a vocal coach with dialects, you know? It's having someone help you fine-tune the little details. You kind of spend hours practicing all the time. Yeah. A lot of work, but... I sometimes get intimidated uh, thinking about the work it takes to, to get a dialect correct or something for acting. But then I remind mm-hmm. myself when I'm trying to do other things like perfecting musical instrument stuff or like filmmaking or something i think well you've been working on this little by little with tiny little increments and that's how you get good at it so you could do that with dialects or acting you just have to not get intimidated from the start yeah i agree with that it's uh yeah i think you just really need to just sink yourself as much as you can into it right off the bat you know um of course you know for professionals and stuff like that, they they do get those coaches, and they just keep on using that accent. I don't, there was actually a good example. It wasn't necessarily an accent, but it was it was definitely definitely a different way to talk. Um, Jonah Hill in uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, he actually had the fake teeth, and he mentioned in interviews that whenever he was having to first kind of practice for his role. Um, he would just wear those like fake teeth in his, in his oh, speaking. So he would speak with the fake teeth. Yes, uh, just to get used to those like the dentures or whatever. Yeah. I think he even said he was like on the phone with some like a Domino's or I don't know something like that. And he was just trying to you know talk or at drive-throughs and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. I hear mm-hmm. that some people uh, who work at drive-throughs or fast food places, they practice their accents. Sometimes the, like, you could tell. The person working at the, uh, the window and stuff like that, trying to speak to them. Yeah. Then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to mimic one because uh, it would just be insulting to whoever I'm trying to imitate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the biggest fear. That is the biggest fear. Yeah, but- I always worry about cultural appropriation and being um respectful Mm -hmm. so it's hard with accents sometimes and disabilities 
Yes, disabilities, big thing. That, that was a big one. The, when I moved to Montana uh, in 2000, I was in theater class again, of course, but- 2013? Uh, 16. 16. 16. So, 2016, when I first joined that theater program there at that school, um, the very first thing that we had to do was choose a monologue, but add a disability to it. Mm. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. That's I've my done teacher. something like that, like having one arm. It's weird. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Just one arm, like missing leg or something. Yeah. Yeah, missing limb. It's weird. Jeez. Or yeah. a tick. Yeah. I think I added a tick, but with cerebral palsy. Oh. Uh, for my first monologue. And yeah. my teacher's name is Chris Evans. Not Chris Evans, but <laughs> normal Chris Evans. Um, he, uh, he definitely was big on like, he's like, you're not trying to mock the disability. You don't want to, you know, just do your research on it. Watch the videos, watch, you know, mm. how uh, and then just perform with the monologue with the disability. But Sounds like they're trying to get you more in your body, but that does sound inappropriate. Like if it happened now, people would be posting about it. Yeah, definitely a different atmosphere today than five yeah. years. That's for sure. And sometimes just yeah. teachers are questionable. They have questionable ways of doing things. Like I've had an acting coach um, that had us mimic each other and I was just telling one of my clown friends today that um, I didn't appreciate how I was being imitated because they were imitating all of my nervous tics that I, I get when I am severely anxious. Like I was always in that class because he didn't allow us to like fidget or something to soothe ourselves. So we had to like stay mm -hmm. stiff. So by the time it's like my turn to act or something, I was or like get in the in the mode i'd have to do like weird things to try to release all the tension that was building in my body and so finally when someone imitated me it was all my nervous tics and it was so like ah uh, yeah humiliating def yeah i can see what you're saying with that i mean i can i know stories with that with actual films too you know it's like films based on true stories for example, like the beautiful boy one with Timmy the Chalamet, or even like uh, other ones. Yes. Um, I can't think of a, a film, but there was a movie. There's a that new came one that Sia made with um, the girl who always does her um, music videos, and they have really bad um, autism representations, and like, like nobody should watch that film because they like negatively and incorrectly. Um, show people who have autism and ways that people restrain them which is not the correct way of dealing with a person dealing with an like a reaction or something so yeah. so many things that people are doing wrong yeah this yeah this really must be super to watch somebody else trying to treat either you or you know watch that it's just there yeah it can easily become more of a like a disrespect act yeah to avoid especially trying to do that yeah so, so is your last name latin uh mexican mexican from, a lot yeah so a lot of people 
uh, like right off the bat, we assume it's like either Italian or, you know, um, but it's actually from like uh, Mexico, we or Agua, something like. I know it's more south of Mexico. Where it's from, because uh, a lot of the, the majority of my family they come from Jalisco, Mexico, or Chihuahua. Uh, yeah, so it's usually, and also another thing people would assume is uh, it's more common to have the C in my last name instead of an S. Mm. Yeah, you you'll and find pronounce it the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really a unique last name. really it's a very unique last name for sure interesting Mm -hmm. i just realized in the past few years when people's last names relate to ethnicities really so i wouldn't even know you know because so many people like oh greenberg i'm like oh it's jewish who knew and then (laughs) then my parents are like oh everyone knew that m and i'm like i guess you're right (laughs) yeah i i cannot get anybody's ethnicity correct from at all i don't know i just never really paid attention yeah and people are so mixed these days or ambiguous or just something that you're not used to seeing like characteristics Mm -hmm. like i'm uh like half latin but i'm like pale as hell so some people can't (laughs) tell like i look super white act super white but you know just what it seems like oh you're white it's like well no i'm mexican like jesus yeah. i found almost all of them speak fluent spanish yeah. it's insane. like it's and then i was only able to learn some i'm not fluent you know a little yeah. bit like up a conversation but uh, i'm just like one of the ones who hasn't learned spanish fluently sadly i get you and then people are like well then you're not spanish or mexican or something specific exactly yeah, they try to erase us or whitewash us just because we can't speak Spanish or don't have certain cultural things. Yep. Which is yep. shitty. Yes, it is. It is very shitty. <laughs> I don't like it. Same. I don't either. It's. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, has your perspective of the film industry changed over the years since you've been working in it? Uh, I okay. So when I first was going into it, I was. Like I had an idea, I had a sense of, you know, things, just the basic stuff. Um, but when really going to work on set, there's a lot more happening than you think. Very many different kinds of departments, very many different types of tasks to do and the way everything works. Like one thing for sure is uh, unions that in the film industry, um, there's union jobs, non-union jobs, and uh, that's a big one for sure. It's harder to get into sometimes, but like I said, probably the best way to learn from a certain department is just by working on set and being around that department. Definitely. So do you yeah. have any advice for someone who's trying to learn the different skills or choose a um, focus on set? Some advice? working on set um big don't take anything personally yeah when we're set but definitely if you're going to be working on set and you want to keep working on set and making those network connections and stuff like that just mentally just be prepared to show up first 
and to leave last. Always hustle, be proactive, um, and ask everyone if, you know, they're all right. Are you good? Do you need any help? Uh, things like that are going to be kind of quiet. Like, you could be quiet and not cause any issues. But I'll remember you for that. You just constantly always want to keep asking everybody if they're all right. I completely agree. Yeah, just being positive and just, you know, being a team player for sure. Some advice for sure is don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Be prepared to be the first one to show, the last one to go. And just be proactive. Ask everyone if they're all right, if they need anything. And if you do want to go into a certain department, if you're interested in, you know, being a director of photography or just camera operating, writing, producing, production coordinating, VIP, anything, stick around those guys. Just ask questions. They'll love to answer. They'll tell you about some of the mistakes they've made. And then they'll tell you how to avoid that. But all you got to do is just kind of stick around and just have a positive attitude on set. That's for sure. No one wants to work with someone who's like a grumpy puss all the time. Yeah. It just being kind and nice goes a very, very long way. They'll definitely remember you for that. And it can be the simple thing. Very, very simple things. Yeah. Uh, somebody could be a really amazing, crazy professional at what they do. And if they have a bad attitude and they're just rude, they're most likely just going to go with somebody who's pretty decently experienced, but much better attitude, way nicer, and is actually helpful. You know? Definitely. So, it's it. true. People rather hire their friends than someone who's just way better, but not fun or not cool. Exactly. Or like, egotistical <laughs> uh, if you do not know how to think afraid to say oh i don't do it don't say you how to do something on set not know how because working some films can light dependent so if the sun goes down it's shooting sun so definitely time is money yeah some of your audio was went out so you said that um don't be afraid to tell people when you don't know something because time is money and you don't want to waste the daylight right yes you don't action on a hold you know yeah Um, or break something (laughs) you'll hear a lot of horror stories yeah i once saw a director drop a lens and they had to wait hours for a replacement lens yeah accidents do happen i was on a time the guy who was also kind of like directing it or even operating he had a car he placed the all these stuff was carrying didn't strap down the camera but thought going slow wasn't getting fine oh no. next thing away walk in the other direction turn around cameras on the floor something popped off the lens and i was like Oh my God, this is, nothing is cheap. (laughs) Nothing is cheap. Nothing, it's true. I wish our audio or like our internet wasn't going in and out. Oh no. (laughs) I know. I just know I'm going to have to fix it in post (laughs) at times. Let me try something. How about I go in with my phone instead? Yeah, let's try that. So what are you looking forward to this year with everything opening up or traveling, filmmaking? Hopefully by the middle of summer, end of summer, um, I'm actually trying to get together like a team of filmmakers 
uh, and trying to start a production slash streaming service company. Uh, and we're going to name it Red Genesis Productions. And um, we want to be able to make content, like enough content to put onto a website. Um, so, as, and it's going to be exclusive just to that. There's going to be all sorts of uh, stuff. There's going to be short films, feature lengths, uh, mm -hmm. series, series, but we don't want to publish it until there's enough to go. Mm -hmm. um, and say like we do meet other people who already have films that they want to post out somewhere. Um, then hopefully we can get other people to be like, oh, you're like, yeah, we want to have our film on the website or something like that, you know, just to make it more exclusive. It will kind of be more of like a, like a Netflix in a way. But if people in the Bay Area need some help making a film with either pre-production or shooting or post-production, um, we'll offer services to help out with that whenever that comes up. Mm. So hopefully we can get that up and running. Right now we have about six projects trying to work on. The, the one that we are currently working on right now is called Black Sight. Is that a short film or something? It will be a short film. It's going to be kind of a thriller revolving around the dark web. Oh, does that have Mia in it? No, Mia is not. The one Mia is in is called Nebulosos. Oh. Um, that is actually almost halfway done. We filmed one half of the scene. Now we just need to film the other half whenever uh, it's safe too. Wow. Uh, that's actually, that film is based off a book from Brazil. Really? Yes, a very interesting story to that. But uh, the author, her name is Tay. Uh, she reached out and asked for a little promo video uh, for her book. And so they were kind of expecting just like a little selfie recording of saying some lines from the book, but we turned it into like a little promotional video mm -hmm. and gained more attention for her book. And then we decided to work out a little deal to make a little scene from the book, like a chapter adaptation. So that's oh, what wow. we're Her book is doing really great. It's uh, a thousand reviews or so on Amazon. That's really good. Mm -hmm. so Do she's you have a lot of uh, followers from Brazil? <laughs> I do. Um, How'd that happen? Oh, this is going to be crazy. Interesting. But uh, I was working... So this was happening in October, 2020. I was working on a, I can say this now, I was working on a Marvel film, Shang-Chi. And uh, we were doing stunt scenes. So there was a bunch of us from production and we were locking up all the streets. We were making sure nobody, no pedestrians were crossing through because there was a bus drifting around downtown San Francisco. And some of the readers- In Brazil? The, uh, San Francisco. Okay, so in San Francisco, this is where the, it was filming. Yes. For, okay. uh, while I was on the job, there were some uh, people from Brazil, some of the readers from Brazil, um, and there was an extra uh, from the movie who asked for my Instagram. So I gave my Instagram to this extra, and he walks across the street gives them the piece of paper that I wrote my Instagram on. And I was confused. And I was like, he came back. He's like, Hey, say that you're a manager or whatever. And you're, you know, like, Oh, they really think you're cute or whatever. I was like what? And then just a few hours later, the, uh, Tay, the author started following me 
And then all of a sudden, my Instagram started to blow up from all these readers from Brazil. And I was like, what is going on? So I, I messaged the author and I was like, hey, it's like, I, I saw that you were following me. And then right after that, like 10 people within a minute started following me too. It's like, what, what happened? Like, what's going on? She's like, oh, hey, sorry. Um, my English isn't very good. But just to kind of say, you look like somebody from my book. Oh. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Like, you know, so. Wow. Apparently I looked like, uh, this character from the book named Chase Kelland. And uh, they had a little uh, comparison. She said I look like one of the characters, Chase Kelland, but through her eyes and what she imagined Chase Kelland to look like in her book is uh, an actor named Colton Haynes, mm-hmm. who was on Wolf and Arrow and stuff like that. So I guess some of the readers who, who saw me in San Francisco was like, oh, he kind of looks like the guy from the book and stuff like that. So that's when all of the people from brazil all the readers started to follow me on instagram yeah i started to learn more about this book oh what is this like you know looking up on it and the funny thing was is whenever i tried to read into it it was on a a website called the wattpad and i guess that's a popular website to post your own kind of stories Mm. but the whole entire book is in portuguese oh no i had to use like a translator on my computer to kind of read about it and so it's kind of like one of those like riverdale love stories in a way, between uh, Chase Kelland and another character, Maxine Woods, which is who Mia plays. Mm. So, yep, that's how that all started. That's so cool. Because I actually saw um, one of your live videos with Mia doing, like, doing your makeup or something. And um, I saw someone in the comments like, "Come, when are you coming to Brazil? <laughs> Yeah, I know. After COVID's done, maybe I can go take a trip down there, meet yeah. the author, get a signed is... book from her. It's so silly, people. Mm-hmm. You should go yeah. to Carnival if you go to Brazil. That's the place to go. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, in San Francisco, in the Mission District, every year we would do Carnival. Mm-hmm. And I actually was part of SFSU Afro Cuban Ensemble. So I'd actually perform at Carnival in San Francisco. Oh, what? That's yeah. super cool. That's amazing. Yeah, Latin percussion. Oh, percussion. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. So wait, what do you play any other instruments? Yeah. I am a singer-songwriter, so I play guitar and I sing. And I also play Latin percussion and mm-hmm. other instruments, whichever help me at the moment. Yeah, I actually did re- remember seeing your uh, post on Instagram of you playing guitar and singing. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, trying to do I... more performances. <laughs> where is that, by the way? It looks very nice over there. Where the, the video that you had. Oh, that is actually a clown variety show that I perform at. It's in Griffith Park in L.A. So it's the same spot every every time. And it's a show called HodgePodge on Sundays. That's super cool. I actually did a commercial down in Griffith Park like about a month ago. Really? That was my first time ever going, and I heard it's actually, like, one of the biggest parks in L.A., right? Yeah, or in general. It's a very big park. It's, like, the mm-hmm. only biggest park in L.A. <laughs> Pretty much. That is the spot. But, yeah. Cool. It has, like, the Greek theater there, where a lot of concerts are played live outside. And it also has, like, the observatory, Griffith Observatory. I think that's what it's called. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the 
commercial I worked on there was uh, it was Xfinity really? commercial. No, there was a location over there, but geez, we were everywhere around LA shooting that commercial. And Griffin Park was one of them. That first time there ever. I bet. What role yeah. did you play in that production? It was just a production. The job so like was a uh, production, like PA. Yeah, with uh, it was one of the PAs for the 80s on it. Oh, very cool. Can you explain to people what the AD does since um, not everyone is a film person? An AD stands for assistant director, and they are basically kind of the ones speaking for the director. So usually on film shoots or sets, the director is kind of like talking with clients uh, if if there is a client, and also like either the actors and stuff like that and taking a look at the image and stuff like that, seeing if it all looks right. Um, but if the director needs something like, it's like, oh, hey, we need to move this light. Assistant director is basically like the megaphone of the whole thing. Like they tell everyone, it's like, oh, we need the lights coming in here. Talent just arrived and they'll escort them or whatever. And then um, kind of just run the show a little bit for the director so that director can focus just between either the actors or just uh, clients and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, totally. Trying to just, I guess, save them the energy and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. But so, do you play any instruments? Because we were talking about instruments. Do you play any music? Are you just I a do music play, lover? Play guitar and I play piano, but really? I only tend to sing whenever I'm in the mood for. It. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a singer because, nope. But you yeah, only I definitely do it for special occasions by yourself. Yeah, I put on concerts in the shower sometimes. Or oh wow. Know, do you sell tickets? Oh, yes. Of many, course. many. To all the rubber duckies available. <laughs> Absolutely. All three of them. <laughs> That's right. I have three right here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What? Oh, even have like the, the bigger one, the mama one. Of course. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. To the concert, you know. That's right. <laughs> Would be funny. But yeah, no, I, uh, I've been, piano was my first instrument. Piano was my first instrument. Started playing that. I, I was interested in that when I was like six. Mm. And then uh, a few years later, I started picking up the guitar. Mm. Do you ever jam with people for fun? No, actually. That's the, that's the funny thing. I, ne- I never played uh, like guitar with other people playing other instruments before. Like, uh, I do remember doing guitar class and it's just everyone with a guitar we're just playing yes, different parts in a circle yeah pretty much mm-hmm. but uh yeah never like a whole band or anything so it's just a solo act of me just playing songs and trying to figure out how to play a song by ear sometimes you know yeah that's kind of surprising since a lot of actors try to diversify become like triple threats with dancing and or something do you dance yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kind of winced when i mentioned dancing like oh yeah i definitely some yeah definitely some actors are trying to do all of it or they are they do all of it you know um but for myself i guess i don't know i just would stick with the acting only of course if i did have to go with the dancing stuff uh then i would or singing maybe if i had to i'll give it a shot yeah but normally not really i only play Mm. bar and piano for fun uh, singing for fun, but dancing, hell no, I never do for fun. Hell <laughs> <not>. no. <laughs> okay. Hell no. The, uh, the Nebulosos um, film that we're doing, 
in the chapter that we are doing the out of there is a part in the book where my character they're the character and he does a little bit of a dance oh no in front of the crowd is trying to impress maxine woods you know like a little spin or something uh more (laughs) well more of like a like a a magic mic type move oh no no, that's hilarious funny because it's a halloween party so he's dressed up as chucky so it's literally just overalls and like the the face paint nothing else suspenders do you mean or overalls you mean overalls overalls yeah like overalls face paint that's it no shirt no shirt (laughs) that's that's a funny one trying to make it accurate for the book but i was kind of surprised about how the, the dancing part i was like oh oh man but luckily enough um another film that me and mia did was sophie and the serial killers and one of the actresses on it her name is andrea and uh she's actually a professional dancer she's been dancing her whole life that's and handy. yeah when when this opportunity of nebulosos came up and this you know the dancing scene was supposed to happen uh, I needed a teacher. So I was like, hey, uh, do you mind if you, you want to help? She's like, yeah, I got you. So we came up with some moves and like a little routine for the, the scene and stuff like that. And we were going to film it, but COVID happened and made everything oh, worse. That's so sad. We've been delaying it. But um, yeah, so hopefully in the summertime, we can actually finish it. Um, then you can maybe change your haircut if you felt like it instead of always trying to look a specific way for the mm-hmm. role. Because you look pretty much exactly the same when you did the last one, right? Yes, exactly. The that's exact same actually, haircut. I did talk to Tay, the author of the book, because she has these graphics of the characters. She has like, like a oh, like they kind of look like cartoon of the characters. Um, and Chase actually has his sides kind of shaped. He has like oh, just like a fade. Basically, like a really strong fade. Yes. And I asked her. I was like, "Hey, it's like so we're gonna be shooting this soon. Do you? It's like, would you like the haircut to happen? Do you want it to be that accurate?" And because um, I was willing to do it, and she was like, "No, no, no. You're totally fine the way you look right now. Like just film the way you look." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. Sometimes so. you don't want to mess up a already perfect haircut. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that never had that type of haircut before but i would have been down to try it out but yeah i once had an extreme fade on the bottom and it didn't look the best uh, you gotta get the right length for certain areas that is true that is very true Mm -hmm. and never had such a strong fade like that before like Mm -hmm. literally sides in the back almost completely shaved like naked Just, just the top was very long you look kind of had like a little johnny depp feel in a way oh fluffy yes very so i was willing to try it and i told her i was like hey this needs to happen i, I can do that and uh she just was like no you're good you're good so and haircuts grow pretty fast if it's like a short one like our haircuts yep i definitely oh it definitely comes back fast yeah so do you yeah. have any projects that you would like to promote that's coming up this year or like dream jobs that you want Mm, I've been talking to uh, this uh, production company. They this called Powerhouse Studios, and um, or Powerhouse Productions. Sorry, and they actually are making a feature film uh, in Vegas, mm. and so 
believe casted for that and it's gonna be coming out i believe next year and it's gonna be a comedy it's called little big weekend something may be happening with it kind of hard what to say uh little big weekend little big weekend yeah little big weekend it's supposed to be a comedy and then besides that so uh, are you working on that or are you in it i think both oh have, have it has it already been shot no, there. I don't know if, if uh, from what I've heard, they're still looking for crew, and they're still kind of placing characters, or sorry, placing actors in roles. Uh, they have the the main three they need, but still placing other characters, or filling other actors with characters or whatever. But um, yeah, so I, I signed the actors contract agreement and uh, spoke with the I believe the director of it, found out or I told him that I have like production experiences like that. And he's like, well, what? He's like, you want to also work on it too? Like you, yeah, cast it and working on it at the same time. Wow. So, that's awesome. That'd be crazy. That would be my first time doing both. Yeah. For a feature film job like that. That would be um, cool. Yeah. It's uh, from what, it, from what I've heard, it's, it's supposed to be a big thing. It's like a major studio were to buy it or something. So mm. like, Kind of a secret project. Is there a reason they're shooting it in Vegas? See, I don't have that information. From at first, when I heard about it, it was supposed to happen in the Bay Area and Vegas, and then they made another post saying that it was all going to be taking place in Vegas. So it's in a way, I feel like they're kind of still figuring out the pre-production yeah. side of it. So yeah, but I believe it's like a. Uh, I, I could be wrong. It could be their big first feature. It definitely does a big opportunity for them, but uh, yeah. very, very distant from the information about it. But for sure, the audition, he's like, Congratulations, send your headshot and your info. Uh, we'll be reaching out, then set the contract agreement stuff. But then, ever since then, all of a sudden, I've been hearing, like, Oh, they're still finding crew, oh, changes of locations, still filling in the characters with actors and stuff like that. So, I was like, Oh, okay, maybe this is a little, you know, early, but yeah, totally have high hopes for yeah and so do you uh, have any dream roles that you'd love to do or um a career that you would like to emulate like ryan reynolds he's co he's comedic and dramatic that would be that would be awesome um blake lively <laughs> and that was the, the perfect relationship those are goals but um actually i would kind of say john krasinski kind of like uh oh acting and then he's directed a quiet place and you know wrote it and yes uh, and same with ben affleck you know he acted and wrote and stuff he did uh the town just because he did the quiet place and then uh same with get out jordan jordan peele that would be kind of like the dream spot yeah That's i think I jordan peele went to second city hollywood before Ooh. he like because he was working in their uh, like direct director like um, program that they have there for like comedic skits and stuff, and then he had to like drop that because his scripts were picking up. I think because I, I I go to Second City Hollywood. Oh wow! Yeah, I do some of their classes there, like um, uh, clowning and phys physical comedy and clowning. That's a class I took there. Uh, like I I retook retook it like three times in person which is mm. fun 
And I also took a musical improv class there. I've actually never heard of that before. Musical that, improv? Never heard of a, a musical improv. That actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's very difficult. I would recommend anyone would do improv first. Oh, yeah. Learn I the need basic. to get way better at improv. That's, jeez. Musical improv. And, yeah, I feel like you would definitely have to be pretty master instruments for sure. It's, it's not about the instrument, though, because it's singing. Oh, so okay. you basically just need the improv brain. So improv would help if before trying to sing it. Yeah, it's like it's like a formula. Talk and then learn to run. Not yes, exactly. So yeah. I definitely have to retake a few improv classes to get it deep into my brain because that's how I learn. I I have to do it so much for it to sink in. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll do that in the future once I can sing. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to be that good of a singer. Yeah, and no. I... Singing is a practice skill. Yes. And just like working out, you have to work out your vocal cords and the singing muscle because it mm -hmm. will just become flabby and like icky. Mm, yeah, I have a buddy of mine who's uh. He's really into metal, like, you know, the screaming. Yes. Screaming. And yeah, I, when he first was telling me about this, I had no idea, but there's a definitely specific way to do it without ruining your vocal cords. Yes. Um, Quinn would know that. Our yeah, mutual friend, she does voice uh, coaching and she used to be in a screamo band. Yeah, I've definitely heard her sing before and it's freaking wild. It's good. Definitely yeah, good. It's good. I think that's what she first started doing too, from what she told yeah. me. How do but, you know uh, Quinn? Because I've seen so, you on set things together, but I don't know how you met. We met on a little like commercial college shoot. At um, SFSU or somewhere no, else? She was actually working at Evergreen Valley College. Uh, oh. She was with the, the marketing team at that school. And um, I was in film class when my teacher was saying like, oh, they're going to be shooting a little commercial thing at, at the college. Uh, you can do it for extra credit and stuff like that. And I had just gone off a job. I, I was just from uh, getting back from L.A., I believe. Mm. Uh, or somewhere, I forgot. Um, and I heard about the opportunity. And I even, so it was like, email this e email address and say like, oh, I'm interested, you know. But I was so last minute that I even sent a resume. <laughs> I was like, please make me, you know. make me now. You and need me. Quinn was like, you're the only person who sent a resume out of everyone. Uh, so showed up to the, the day of the shoot, met Quinn, met the camera guys, the camera crew, and the, the head marketing guy over at Evergreen Valley College and uh, did this commercial. It was like a like a local commercial. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a TV college commercial. It was, um, it was really just for the college. It was like, oh, join Evergreen today and, you know, yeah, sign look up. Look at our students. They're people. Exactly. They exist. So, so that's where I actually met Quinnette. I met her on that shoot. She wow. was kind of, she, yeah, she was basically kind of the client because of course she was with the school. Um, and there was a couple of other students there too from my act, my film class or acting class. Wow. Uh, uh, did the commercial and uh, yeah, that's how we met. That's funny. I actually met Quinn on one of my first 
um, student films that I ever did with like, it was like a cinema 204 class. So it was like the most basic class in cinema where you actually make something. And she was in the script where we had like, our first thought about the script was something about a sandwich and she played an assassin. <laughs> yes, yeah. An assassin with a sandwich. Yes, sandwich, assassin, fake blood. Good Ooh. times. <laughs> Very silly. Hey, and they can work out too, especially the way you approach them, approach those projects. It's interesting. And if you continue to like network and stay connected with people, you never know, you might have them on your podcast. Because we actually yeah. never met in person. Never. This are is you, how we met. Are you in the Bay Area? Or are you in, in LA? I'm in LA, but I huh? went to college in the Bay Area. So I know so That's many people there. I'm actually going to LA in a few weeks. Really? What day? I'm, uh, I'm going to be driving down there June 2nd because there's a job happening the 3rd and the 4th. <gasps> what? In days. I'll be in, um, in Monrovia area. I have a house show on June 6th on a Sunday. You oh, should come. I will try to make it. I'm talking. I will send you all the information because a lot of my um, Bay Area friends are coming down for that show because they're performing at it. And lots of clowns. L.A. clowns. Really? Okay. Yes. Lots of I'm, them. I'm hoping I can stay that long because I really could. So I was supposed to be on this job from June 3rd, 4th, and then another day on June 7th. June 7th got canceled, so now I'm working only June 3rd and 4th. Aww. But the other thing is, is uh, there was another uh, job, and it was uh, it's 2K, the video game company. And um, they want to speak to me after I'm done working this job at the end of May for, I believe, uh, motion capture. I'll be in the suit. Oh, is this top secret information? I don't think so. Did I not include it on the podcast? <laughs> From what I was told the first time, it was just going to be for testing the suit and like the end cool. just testing nothing too crazy secret, but cool. Um, and I don't, I mean, hey, they didn't tell me. They didn't make you sign anything. Exactly. But also all I was told was like, oh yeah, you'll just wear the suit, you know? And I believe I was just going to be doing like some golf moves or something like, you know, some swings. So just testing out the suit and doing some other stuff with it. And then also helping out with that part that production too. So oh, that's that, cool. I believe June will be the time for that. So I think it's like almost Is that right. In the Bay area or in SoCal. That's the East Bay. It's kind of a, a little North past Oakland, I believe. Oh, okay. So like Walnut Creek. I think it's, uh, is it Marin? Marin like County. Yeah. That's yeah. over the bridge. Oh, is it? Yeah. Something, something, that's where it is. Cool. But uh, I don't know how soon they would like to talk and have me start working with them. Yeah. Uh, if it does, but yeah, they said at the very, uh, once this job is done, uh, they would like to talk about schedule. So cool. That's we'll exciting. See. So the last question of the podcast would you, are you ready? <laughs> yes. Shoot. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite dessert? Favorite dessert? Do you mm. eat desserts? You kind of work out a lot, don't you? I do. <laughs> I <laughs> work out when I can. Oh, when sure. I'm not 
But a favorite dessert, I would have to say um, ice cream. I would say ice cream for sure. Mm, what kind? You know the, the uh, what was it? The ice cream sandwiches, like the like with a cookie. Those can be so good. Like it's it's. Things yeah, things like that. Like the it's it's or like just literally those ice cream sandwiches or whatever. Like. Oh, with like a chocolate chip cookie or like those flat. Oh rectangular yeah. ones. I would say the chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, good stuff. But my favorite little snack, though, that's like a dessert, I would say just cookies and Oreos or Oreos and milk. Ooh, those are good. You can never go wrong with that. Ever. I agree. Unless you eat too many of them. Yeah, it's very easy to get distracted from watching TV. and Eat half of the box. Yeah, exactly. So I agree. Mm -hmm. Like the double stuffed ones are like 50 calories. Oof. I know. We have to start hitting the gym more then. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh man. But yep, that's my favorite dessert. Yay! So thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so, so, so fun. Oh, and great to meet you, by the way. Finally, yeah. after nice to meet you over <laughs> virtual screens. Oh yeah. Hopefully in person soon. Hopefully in yeah. June. Yeah.